guys and welcome back to another episode of Artistic State of Mind. Um, it's your girl Jules. I never say it's your girl. I don't know why I did that. Um, it's Jules. <laughs> One half of Artistic State of Mind. Um, you're going to hear a couple of ladies' voices because Charm is not in the building today. Um, I decided to fire him. No, I'm kidding. He's coming back. I thought you guys were going to laugh. Clearly, no, like, no one wants to laugh at that. No, okay. <laughs> just to make sure that it was a joke so he doesn't feel like his job is not safe his job is safe guys no he's on holiday so um i've got come someone to come and sit in for him and stuff so would you like to kind of speak to the mic and say hello and who you are hi uh i'm dorcas i've been on the podcast before <laughs> so it's nice to be back sis Yes. Oh, in case you were wondering, guys. Yeah, that's my sister. She's the other person that kind of comes. She she kind of like is like the spare hand. I don't think that's a compliment. I know. Like, but but what are you? Then? I'm the helping hand. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's the that's the proper word, I guess. You're the helping hand. Mm -hmm. So you know, in case we need somebody, she's there to save somewhat of the day yeah but yeah Dorcas welcome back you. to um Asom and good thanks to be for back. Joining, joining us um you obviously heard another voice in the building I'm gonna do a nice little introduction because obviously that's what we do here we oh, try gosh. we try <laughs> to do what that <laughs> so she's a writer <laughs> sweating a little bit I can't breathe <laughs> <laughs> don't worry it's not bad she's a writer an entrepreneur alongside writing alongside her full-time job as a co-founder of the world's first nigerian tapas restaurant she's featured in forbes list of 100 100 women founders in europe so oh god cv's extensive guys yeah. already um as a writer her debut play the hose which we're playing at hamsmith theaters shortly hampstead hampstead sorry sorry hammersmith doesn't have theater it does but you know hampstead theater um, was shortlisted for the Tony Craze Award and the Character 7 Award and longlisted for the Verity Bargate Award. She also started the first theatre club back in the day. Oh God, that was, yeah, that was ages ago. <laughs> I know, that was. Um, we have Ife, Fred, is it Frederick? Frederick. Frederick in the building. Woo! Welcome. I feel like there needs to be a clap. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Artistic State of Mind. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you. And we get to talk to you and loads of stuff about writing, about plays and all of that jazz. So apart from that, Dorcas, um, well, Dorcas, yes, you are Dorcas. How has your week been? <laughs> um, my week, which would be last week, um, was really great. Yeah. Um, my week is starting this week as well really nicely. I keep telling people I've become a lady of leisure. Um, so doing a bit of yoga. Uh, <laughs> I wish I was living that life. I, I know. Not I know. Life. No, in a good way. Like I'm being productive. I'm just not working on a job or project at the moment. So I'm using other skills, doing a bit more writing, which is quite nice and seeing friends and yeah, just being leisurely and ladylike. <sighs> <laughs> lady like like you wasn't before or is there well, just you know more there... opportunity for that isn't it <laughs> <laughs> like she says that in such a accent, but okay. and how's your week been um if eh? um <clears throat> it's been good uh 
so the, well the last few days i'm not gonna lie i've been mad anxious um because i've been like oh god the, the play is opening soon so i've been like really nervous about that but um i've been in rehearsal which has been great like i love spending time with the girls um and including that's cast and director and our stage manager that's been exciting and i've been dancing loads as well so like dance is the first thing i ever fell in love with so i've been going like i basically hurt my knee after my first half marathon um and the pain started again recently so i've been off heels classes but my physio said i can go back to my heels classes <laughs> prancing about in the studio dancing in my heels and going back to hip-hop as well so that's been good so that's been yeah fun of course though that's great nice no one's gonna ask me how my week been cool. how has your jules 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 <laughs> how has your week been it's been great. Happy Black History Month, guys. Um, because what I realised is that in the last episode, I didn't mention it at all. <laughs> and then was like, damn it, it's actually Black History Month. We still got two weeks. So, you know, we're halfway in the middle of Black History Month. So, my October end? October ends next week. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, yes. Happy Black History Month, guys. Yeah, happy Black History Month. <laughs> Which what is there you? might be turning to Diversity Month. Oh, please. I heard. But, you know, sorry. Just had <sighs> no, to get that not, out there. Not, <laughs> I can go into a whole rant for that And you know what An hour and 15 is not enough not So enough, yeah. you know Let's let's just enjoy Black History Month <laughs> um, Apart from that I've been pretty much Doing what life Adulting Which is going to work Doing that 9 to 5 And being like oh, I wish I was a lady of leisure But no I'm That's not. also adulting Can I just say uh, Well being leisurely Yes Or ladylike Rest Both <laughs> Rest is important To be leisurely and ladylike Yeah but, Yeah It's true It is though My adulting is more like Having Cheerios for dinner <laughs> That's what I did literally The other day I was like I was like I can't bother to cook anything So I bought Cheerios Sustenance mm, I'm not sure <laughs> I, I, like, felt, no, I, I felt ill afterwards that. I didn't actually grow up on sugary cereals So it's, it's It was kind of I don't know why I did it <laughs> I should have just fried the plantain Do you know what Yeah sometimes you just You just have to do it once It's okay one time yeah. When it becomes like a week Well a daily thing Then it's just like bro, What am I doing mm. How has my life become of this <laughs> But yeah <laughs> But yeah no I've been working Reading actually What are um, you reading? Um, what am I reading? Various different books. I tend to start and stop books, so I've still I'm still reading Slay Your Lane. <laughs> I've been reading for how long? Um, I'm also reading the Five Love Languages, mm. and then I'm also reading. Oh, what's that book? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a small little book. the The tool guys to a creative kind of thing. Career. I think What colour is it? It's pink and it's quite small. Um is it oh, I've forgotten her name. I've forgotten her name as well. I know the book you're talking about. Yeah. I reckon people will know the book you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think they would. I'm probably saying it right now as they're listening to this. Like <laughs> Jaws is this book yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah. damn it. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm reading like three books at the same time, which is just what I do on a regular basis. Um but yeah, that's pretty much what my and just staying at home and watching stuff on TV again. I'm starting to look for new shows to watch. So that's pretty much been kind of my week. But yeah. Let's get on with the show. Mm. So what's been happening theatre, film, TV, music wise in kind of like the arts is it the arts? Let, let's call it the arts there. 
yeah. sounds like I feel that like sounds about made, right. Art, sphere, entertainment, industry. Yeah, art, sphere sounds more more jazzy. Okay. Don't like the entertain- <laughs> entertainment. Sounds pretty much like we're about to give you some tea about people's lives. Um, no, the art sphere. Um, so first thing is first. Um, Netflix has decided to end Orange is the New Black after the seventh season. So it's coming to a close, guys. When I saw this, I was like, what? But then it's inevitable. Those kind of shows. Seven seasons is a long time, though. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it did kind of go downhill after the fourth season. (laughs) I don't, I haven't watched. I tried to watch the last season and I tried to watch the season before and I was just like, so you're mourning, but you already was thinking it needed to end. Yes. <laughs> but do you know what it is? It's like, you don't want them to end it. You want, you kind of just want it to kind of like, just still be there. Get to about season 10 and just like, no, it it's done. But I think I was just kind of like, wasn't expecting it so soon. Mm. But I knew that it was kind of like, it was fun for when it started. Because it was like, all female cast, well, majority all female cast, set in a prison, but just like each individual character had their own storyline and it was so kind of like refreshing to see, I guess, in that time that it came out, even though it's it's based on a, I guess, the story book, is kind yeah. of based on a, a, a book, in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was really excited for it. But as, as per usual, you know, there's only so much you can write for something mm-hmm. until it becomes kind of like, okay, it's done now let's close that chapter Mm. and i feel like netflix made a good decision on that Mm. netflix have been on a run boy they've been canceling a bunch of shows (laughs) like literally cancel 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 they gotta make room for the new ones right yeah yeah i was I, i was saying like netflix feels like it's becoming like one of those kind of like american studios where they're like, after one season, we haven't seen the numbers. We're going to cancel that. And mm. you get really into it. And then after one season, it's just like, um, so we're just going to take this off air because we don't, we haven't seen the numbers. We're not enjoying this. And we're just like, bye. Yeah. I think that's all TV industry though, right? Yeah, it's how it's, it's money. It's going to be how it works. Yeah. Hmm. I think we just hope Netflix will be different <coughs> because they're kind of their own thing. But eventually you have to... You have to get in the system and be like, well, we've got to make money. So I guess so. But then also, uh, sometimes as a writer yourself, you kind of just feel like I just want them to kind of like mm. be okay. Let let the story grow. Let the audience be mm. allowed to kind of be taken on this journey before you just impulsively just rip, rip it, it away. Off yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let them kind of like, let the audience say, actually, this is not working. I don't. I, they kind of do, but aren't they saying it's not yeah. if they're not watching? Yeah. yeah, but sometimes, like, I think if you look at a lot of like American kind of studios, there's so much to watch that people don't get onto things straight away. Mm. So, like, there's a couple of shows that I'm that have might have been out like years ago, and I wasn't aware of, or maybe a year ago, and I'm like, oh, this is new. And then you're a year later, and then you realize actually they've cancelled this. <laughs> They're not bringing this back. Yeah, it's just true. like, I've only just got into this. I only found out about this show and I really want to get into it. And they're just like, bruh, it's not happening. Mm. We're cutting it. Because we've cut it. <laughs> it's done. Do you know what I mean? So I wonder what they, well, we all know Netflix is always churning out new pieces of like TV. So. Yeah, they have so many TV originals now. So but many, everything. quite a lot. No, the other day, what um, Stephen sent me something actually that, or sent us something actually, which was quite hilarious. Um, 
they've announced Netflix have announced The Bodyguard is a Netflix original So The Bodyguard <gasps> Which is on BBC What? It's not coming to Netflix As a Netflix original It's <laughs> just like uh, How? Yeah <laughs> it's, it's so like I don't know Was it a mistake? Like a typo? No, 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 no. It's is how the rights work Yeah, it's how the rights work So it's, it's weird how when it comes Like when it comes to stuff that is on Like when it comes to stuff that's on Netflix Or has been bought The rights have been bought It becomes a it, It's weird how it's contracted um, So a lot of these kind of like studios Or like uh, um, production houses Will do a separate deal with Netflix mm. So Netflix will say We'll have the rights for this a period amount of time And it becomes an origin of ours So that's okay, why it becomes okay. So it's 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 how they make their money and how it becomes solely theirs. So, like for example, if they wanted, I guess the BBC will still put it on IBC, um, what is it, iPlayer, mm. but they will at some point will probably have to take it down because it's gone on Netflix. Mm. If that makes sense, so yeah, it doesn't yeah. become it's no longer their property. If that makes sense in that period of time, while Netflix has it, <sighs> it's it's a business. Like we said before, yeah. it's one of those things, and that's how, like. That's how a lot of these co-pros um, productions are kind of making the money after the show has gone yeah. on there. Smart. Because then they pass it on to mm. various different places, mm. which is like video on demand. You know, they could pass it on to like a, what is it? A Hulu, which is more predominantly like Amer the American audience. Mm. They might pass it on to Amazon Prime. You know, it kind of gets floated around just to make sure that wow. they're making some kind of money from it. How so, interesting. Don't ask me how I know all of this. I mean, well done. But you, work, you work in TV. <laughs> yeah. You have to know, no? Not as a PA, but you do know. <laughs> you tend to know. I was, was going to give you all the credit. I was like, yeah, she knows her job. <laughs> I do try. I, 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 li I listen. I listen in the meetings and stuff. Yeah. Um. So what else has been happening, Dorcas? Um, so ITV mm -hmm. um, have been stepping up their game as well. So they want to open a database for female comedy writers. That sounds, it's like about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again. Though you said that so diplomatically. Like, <laughs> there was so much behind that side. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> I, want, I want to see this happening. I want to believe that it's going to be something that they're going to, it's, it's not going to be, um, I'm saying this now and two years later, we're not going to see the production or the reproduction yeah, of like, it. Can you go over, like, so they're going to open this database, but are they commissioning them? Like, mm. what, what what's really the end goal? Because if there's a, not a show on written by the writer... What really happens? So um, the um, commissioner at ITV, um, Saskia Schuster, said a few months ago, a disgruntled female um, writer crossly pointed out to me that commissioners have the privileged opportunity to create change. And she was right and a bit scary. This is the part. This is the start of change, not with the ambition of meeting targets or quotas, but of changing our comedy culture we can't be making the best shows possible for our audience if our audience if our shows aren't inclusive or representant oh god words <laughs> um or representant oh, representative thank you you know we talk hella fast <laughs> of the gender diversity of our viewers so i'm guessing they're starting this with the hope of commissioning shows 
Now, it brings it brings kind of what I've said before. Like, I hope it's something where, you know, I'd like to think that it's something that they're saying. Like, yeah, we want to open up this database and we want to bring female comedy writers. And the hope is to kind of get stuff commissioned on, on their platform. I mean... <laughs> I just want to add more fuel to the fire. Like a few months ago, a disgruntled writer pointed out that commissioners have the privilege to create change. You telling me you didn't know this before? And well, you'd be surprised. really as a female as well as a yeah. female commissioner. It, I mean, it's great. It's great that it's sparking change, but I do find it bizarre that it wasn't initially on her radar. Yeah, in the first place, or on any of these. But then again. I don't know. But then sometimes it also makes me, again, I'm going to add fuel to the fire (laughs) too. It's It's one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, and sorry to bring it back to this whole diversity thing. It's just like everyone wants to start this initiative, start an initiative and be the one that's like, oh, I'm creating change. But secretly, I'm just doing this to be the voice Mm. that comes out and says, I'm doing it, but not really doing it. Do you get what I'm saying? It's all just words. And it brings me to the point where I was, I think I was talking to you about something where, you know, the National Theatre, yes, I'm going to throw the National (laughs) Theatre in there, um, had brought out this initiative of responding to every actor who's auditioned by saying whether it's a yes or no thing. And loads of theatres all of a sudden were just behind it. Yeah, we're going to do this. And loads of casting directors like, yeah, we're going to do it too. I was just thinking to myself, (laughs) are you really though? Are you really, everybody that you audition for something, are you honestly going to go out of your way and come back to them and say, it's a yes or it's a no? I I honestly feel like it was just, it's like a, it was a Ponzi scheme just to kind of like, because you've got a new casting director come through the building, what can I do to create kind of like, your own mark my own mark Mm. and that's what it felt like and then everyone was just jumping on board on it Mm. and it just brings me back to feel like is this something that everyone will now jump on board on board to if that makes sense because you can't tell me there hasn't been female comedy writers that have come in into a meeting and have had great pieces of work and you're just like oh i don't know not sure Mm. let's go with that white guy over there do you get what i mean Come yeah, on, maybe. But it's because of that stupid myth that I don't know where it comes from, that women aren't funny. Like, I genuinely don't understand where that's coming from. I think we're absolutely think hilarious. We're more funny. Surely we're more funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we've got plenty of stories to tell. <laughs> absolutely plenty of stories to tell. <laughs> I'm not even saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> just, Let's not get anyone in trouble. Yeah, I, can't even, I can't even speak. I'm just like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is really exciting. Despite that, it's really exciting that at least something is being done. And I'm no, really excited to I see that. I don't think I get what is the thing that is being done though. Like we're just creating a database. Yeah, I mean... Like a Google Sheets. Yeah, it's true. Are they commissioning work? Do you see what I mean? Like, I, no. I, yeah. I feel like... Is what there is a yes thing, or a no behind? What, what is beside the thing that name? is being done? Done, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess mean, we just have great to... Great press release. Mm. <laughs> that's, I a, guess, that's a great PR. Yeah. yeah I guess we like, just have to wait and see. They haven't actually said anything, mm. really. Yeah, it's true. We just have to wait and see to see, like, mm. whether they actually implement this and whether we actually see work because it's like you said it's all well and good putting a database together and having mm. a google sheets and an excel spreadsheet up in the computer yeah. but is it is it actually are you actually commissioning people's work are you actually mm. commissioning these female comedy writers because i was even saying this i'm always saying something um <laughs> the whole idea like i've noticed that there was a 
there's just a roster of like press releases just been, been released um, where black male writers and creators are kind of like being pushed forward like you see a lot of like and this is no this is this is not against them per i'm not even this is not because like i i root for anybody that's kind of like young and getting their work out there and their work is being commissioned but i was really troubled by the fact that um i went to a screening and they were talking highly of this um this um writer creator and stuff like that i was like oh that's great but where were all the black Females. female comedy writers here the last one that i know of is michaela cole and michaela cole was kind of like taking a step back a little bit so do we have anybody else like and this is like like don't get me wrong like samson ko amazing Tom Mucci, amazing. You've got um, what's that guy's name? Who's funny? Mo the comedian. Who's got? Who's... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded rude. Mo the comedian. Who's got? He who's got his own channel four. Who's going to have his own channel four sketch show? Mm. Amazing. Where are the, the women? Women. Yeah. Honestly, where are they? At the bottom of the barrel. And it's just like, like I literally had a rant on my, oh, what was it? Instagram. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I can. I- it, yeah, it just gets to a point where it's just like, it's so blatantly obvious. Like, why are you not doing it? It doesn't make sense anymore. Do you know what? Yeah, all I've got to say is, God, do you know what? This is a <laughs> declaration to you. Yeah. And um, I, want to, I want to let you know that you need to let me become like a commissioner where I decide what goes on TV because enough is Are enough. Are you going to let, you're actually saying, you're letting God know. <laughs> yeah, I'm letting him know. What, what like, he needs to do. <laughs> what he needs to do ready. to make this happen. Yeah, you hear me? Knowing you, you'll probably get a grudge with someone and then just never let them in again. <laughs> like, that's how you behave. I, I know, know I'm not. But that, isn't that how, isn't that like, how the, the system works? It's just like, you got to oh, break the system. I know, yeah. but I, I don't have a grudge with anybody, that's to good. be fair. That's I think good. at the end of the day, if your work is good and your work speaks for itself, who am I to kind of say Because hmm, I don't like your attitude Yeah Or you did this to me back in 2001 You ain't coming <laughs> through the building yeah, that's No good. Yeah so no I, Do you know what I need to be in I want to be there Making those decisions And there needs to be enough people Of colour Specifically women That are on these seats Making these decisions Because mm. it just seems Well It just seems like Again It's just the same people it's the same people across all the different um, broadcasters or there's just one and that one voice isn't enough. We need more. But anyway, there we go. But can I just ask, Saskia Schuster is a woman, right? Yes. Interesting. You did say she was a woman before. So I don't know why you're surprised. Because clearly being a woman and being in this position is not enough. But, and, and, and this is not me trying to be on her side. What if she's the only woman? True. And sometimes her voice isn't enough. Just that one voice, which yeah. is quite sad. Maybe she needs a team of us. Yep. That's what she probably needs. Soon come. Soon come. Soon come. If not there already, soon come. <laughs> um, moving on to some theatre news. Mm. Um, Acts for Change. So is everybody familiar with them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Acts for Change has appointed its first staff member as part of the expansion plan. So, so. Act for Change is the charity that um, kind of vocally speak out for diversity. Um, um, is it? Yeah, diversity within theatre and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so they've come and spoken out and said, uh, not spoken out. So they've announced 
you know, their first member of staff, paying staff, um, who is going to help. I'm getting loads of work emails. Um, who's going to kind of like be the first expansion for the different various changes that they're going to make to the charity. Um, so they have now appointed Alexandra Munshaw. Mm-hmm. as the part-time administrator who will oversee the running of the campaign and work on yet to be announced major projects that will take place in 2019. Um is actually um an actor and he's also a company manager for the African and Caribbean theater company Tangled. Um and he will manage communications for Act for Change as well as um working on fundraising and delivering large-scale projects. Um so I actually became familiar with act for change i can't remember when a couple of years ago and i actually reached out to them and i thought everything you're doing really great because they were actually those the people that were voicing out the things that was just wrong mm. like in theater and kind of people were jumping on board like yes we agree um so and they kind of went a bit quiet a little bit so i'm yeah they've been around since the nine eighties, 80s 90s right they have not oh have they not no. am i thinking about a different place i think you are oh, they God. didn't they started <laughs> in the 2000s i wish oh, you really? could see the face it's such like sister why are you talking <laughs> keep quiet girl it started in 2014 oh okay smooth... <laughs> I'm look i said started in the 80s <laughs> i'm thinking about a different company that does literally the similar the oh, same okay. thing Never um <laughs> me, carry on. um so yeah so i'm i'm glad to see like they're coming back and they're coming to do some amazing stuff and they've hired somebody who's gonna you know be the kind of like the what's the person that pushes pioneer no. Camp- campaign Pi- yeah pioneer campaign cool all in the same, all in the same, you know, whatever. Mm. But yeah, so that's that. Um, other news. So have you heard Theresa May? I know, very random. We're talking about <laughs> Theresa related May. related to fear? Yes. Okay. It I is. Just, <laughs> I, just was, I wasn't sure. Who was going to <laughs> so um, I think last week, um, Theresa May announced that they are going, they're doing this initiative where employers will be forced to reveal the ethnicity pay gap. Oh, right. Has, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're wondering, where was yeah, I going I'm, with I'm, this? I'm just like, <laughs> just like, where, where were you going with this? Um, so it looks like theatre employers will have to do the same. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, it's been announced that there is, so theatres may be obliged to disclose the pay gap between employees of different ethnicities under the new plan by Theresa May. Um, the move will follow existing pay, gender pay gaps requirements, which were introduced last year to help eradicate the pay gap between men and women in UK companies. Um, so this being announced, <laughs> whew, I feel like this is going to shake the real table. <laughs> Mm. This is really But this is what hmm. <laughs> I feel like you have too many thoughts You're trying to uh, way too many You can literally thoughts. see her head exploding <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because I'm like... thinking to myself I'm glad that this is going to happen mm-hmm. That we're now going to see that Well we don't know what we're going to see But we're going to see something mm. And what we're going to What we're going to see What will then be the next step Is my question Yeah Yeah see that's what I'm like, because with all the pay gaps, employers 
can be really good at making their case for why someone is paid less. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's without the obligation to make that for there to be equal pay. They'll just be like, oh, but you've got like less experience. You know, mm. and they'll just find some reasons. Like I can imagine, like you'll get that. That's what the people on a one-on-one basis will experience mm. all kind of like mad justifications for why their counterpart is paid more than them, even though they've got the same X, Y, Z. I don't really know the answer. It's mm. interesting. Because I think like when the first announcement will come out, it'll be that thing where everyone online will be going like up in uproar. And I'm like, but it's just like 10 months water is wet. Like that's how I feel when I see those things. Like, yeah. Where we all really thinking here that we was all paid the same. Exactly. And then there one person like this outrageous. It's just like how dead. And everyone would do like this long Twitter thread. Yeah. And, and, and then there'll some companies release some statements. Yeah. Everyone's PR team will go. And then crazy. all of a sudden we're completely and shocked. Cry. Yeah, we're completely shocked. We didn't realize this. Um uh, what? Yeah. So you're telling me somebody in HR wasn't keeping account of, mm. you know. But it's kind of like once this is revealed. Are you planning to now increase those that are... That... We haven't got the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in there. <laughs> but it's just like... We so... would love to, but we don't have the budget. So what's the purpose of this, Theresa May? Are you trying to, like, you know, push us away from the fact that Brexit is happening? That's literally like... my first thought when you it's mentioned It's just like... This. Let, let, let me put their minds onto something else. I mean, let me not think that everyone has an ulterior motive to, like, trying to help. But... But how is this helping me? Am I going to get paid more? We'll have to see, in it? Well, I guess the, the <laughs> argument would probably be like, oh, but now you can make your case for why you should be paid more. But I just, mm. I'm not very optimistic. <laughs> see, that's... If you can tell by my voice, I'm yeah, like, you're okay. like, mm. Because haven't they done this gender pay thing already? And I, women are still not. Exactly. I mean, I know it was that's only true. like fairly recently, but... When someone or people are really intent on not changing the structure, the structure will stay. Mm. And if, especially mm. if you're like <clears throat> the minority in an office and you're making your point and you're going to be seen as being disruptive, so it's like there's like there's so much more on the line. Mm. And like some, not everyone, but some companies, and I'm not just talking about fears, I'm just talking about like companies in general, can make it really uncomfortable for someone that tries to stand up for themselves. Absolutely. And so some people don't even say anything because it's like, you know what? It's, if it's between having a job or not having a job, I'm gonna just sit tight. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, hopefully this this works out like exposure therapy in a way that people will actually move to decide whether they want to work with these companies or not. Mm. And then if they see that there's actually like um, a shortage of people actually wanting to work with them, maybe that will prompt them to actually change. So how are they going to do it? Are they going to do it based on like Job levels, because otherwise it's not really going to be accurate. It just you, know, you want to you want to be comparing like with like because if, I'm pretty sure that most people of some sort of one of the better phrase so, ethnic minority are probably lower down the chain. Mm. Yeah, so they haven't announced how they plan to the scope mm. of the reporting. Mm. So they haven't they announced that yet. Already. I feel like um, this is bad planning. It really is. <laughs> I feel like this winds me up. Like you're just saying something, but you haven't told us what you can do. Just like yeah, the other yeah. thing, the database. Okay, and then what? Like it's a yeah. half oh, statement. Exactly, and that's what it is. But you know, this this country loves half half statements. I'm just like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Um, but all we know is that the consultation will begin in January. Will be opened until January, so I don't know what that means. Open, open for- until January. January, yeah. So people will really only un- be under fire until January, and then 
they can Pretty kind of much. potentially go back to their bad ways. But then let me throw something out there as well that I find quite interesting. Okay, if this plan, this whatever reveals that there is a massive gap in the ethnicity gender, ethnicity pay. Mm. And gender. That's pay. not and, a bizarre phrase. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, and gender pay. Are they looking to now be like, who? maybe we should hire more ethnic minorities because we have to pay them less. And if we get them hmm. on board, then we're paying them the same amount. It just looks like we're doing what we're supposed to do. Do you understand wow. what I mean? Okay. No. I, lo- I got lost. So, I got for, for, so for example, <laughs> I have to be honest. Yeah, no, <laughs> that sounded like a, a garbage of words. Uh, a garbage. So if of it words. gets announced, there's a gap. Yeah, there's a gap, mm. and obviously there's a massive there's a massive gap, and they're thinking actually how okay so how can we eradicate this gap? Then that somebody might be in that room pose the question of maybe we should hire more ethnic minority people and we pay them what we have been paying them before. And then what we have been paying the others that are already working there before. And then maybe the next time around, they have a new gender gap, whatever report thing that they have to do or ethnicity gap thing that they have to do. Because they've hired more ethnic minorities, the pay, because they've been paying them the same, it wouldn't look like there's a gap. So just dealing with one side so basically of the just problem. Yeah. Lowering the- <laughs> And then it's like killing two birds with one stone because now they've they they sorted out the diversity, diversity quota, but not the pay problem. Not the pay problem. Gosh, Mm-mm. does that make sense? Don't yeah, but ideas. I just don't think they will. <laughs> I, I don't, you, somebody, and also, somebody's secretly listening to this and like, oh my god, this is an idea. <laughs> also, that's just like. I can't even let me not speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, but yeah, no, I yeah. it's kind of like I just uh, I don't see the reasoning behind this. I, I you know, is this going to be like another conversation where uh, no, it's just like well, it's just like what well, our country or like people like doing having inquiries into stuff, having reviews of stuff. Mm. So much doesn't change. Mm. Um. It's just they're making say, "Oh, look what I did." Yeah. I, oh, we did this. So I put this initiative they're together. They're gonna put a team together. It's gonna create some jobs for some people. Someone's gonna get paid some stuff. Paid unnecessary money, to be fair. Write some reports. Yeah. And then we'll all be upset for a bit, and then we'll get over get it. On, get on. Get on with our lives. Again. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> typical. That's literally how politics works. Oh, typical, typical. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Should I say this one? I don't know if I care for this anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure. And now if you say it, everyone's going to know how much you don't care. <laughs> I will say it, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do care for this, but I don't know. Um, National Theatre's cheap tickets is in doubt as Travelex pulls sponsorship after 15 years. So I don't know if you were familiar with um, the Travelex yeah. £15 thing. So they've been like, um, so National Theatre's been fun. But we're bouncing. So oh. it's it's looking like the £15 ticket is kind of like in question mark at the moment. Um, in regards to the, I'm guessing they're trying to pull other sponsorship from other com- kind of big companies. But as for now, Travelex is like, it's been cool. We're good. And that's, it's been uh, after 15 years. Mm. So the... 
National Theatre Director Rufus Norris has said he's very confident um, that the theatre will find a way to continue the scheme, but says the partnership with the current the currency exchange company will come to an end in 2019 after 15 years. So I don't know. Did anyone kind of like make use of the £15 ticket thing? I didn't, no. I just thought it was just hella hard to get. Um, mm. I don't think I did. But I also don't think I've ever paid... Nah, maybe a couple of times I've paid full price for tickets. Mm-hmm. I've normally found another way or another, there's been like another something. Yeah, yeah another scheme around. Like, yeah, like you, a, need, you, need, you need multiple. Yeah, if you know one is not enough. Because when there's only one, then those tickets go. So <laughs> yeah. You're just like, ah! Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You need like multiple kind of like discounted ways of getting mm-hmm, tickets. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like you've got so many different opportunities of getting cheaper tickets. Like you've got like, what's that app called? Top tickets or something? The, oh, I thought you were talking about hmm. the one that's on the day, today day or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got that. You've got so many different various things mm. that, you know, like I, th- I think just relying on that, that Travelex thing was a hit and miss. Yeah. Because you get excited when they announce a show and you're like, oh, I'm going to get a £15 ticket. Then you're sitting in a queue and you ain't got the ticket and you're like, mm. I'm vexed, I'm fuming. Sat here ready with my card, fifteen <laughs> pound ticket. Um, so I don't know. It'd be quite interesting. Maybe they should try and get uh, a company to do like a ten pound ticket thing, like the way um, is it PwC and Old Vic? Yes, mm, yeah. Because I get emails about that. I've never that too. I've never used actually. Yes, something like that. But they will. They will. They're the National Theatre. Yeah. There will be. There will be one organisation that will think this is wonderful for us to jump on. Yeah, it's true. But to be honest with you, quite, well, I don't know. I would I think it'd be more. There. If it was a. If it was a smaller theatre, I actually think it would be harder. Yeah. And be more worrying. Like I don't know how the smaller theatres keep their schemes alive. Mm. Mm. That's true. But yeah, like you said, yeah, National Theatre. They probably have announced that there's a new sponsorship, and I just don't know. And I've just yeah. announced this, and just be like. <laughs> And I'll be like on Twitter, so since announcing that they lost their sponsorship, <laughs> they've now gained a new one. Um, so we don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I it's guess. True, yeah. And hope. Does anyone plan to see any shows at the National Theatre coming up anyway? No. Nothing has tickled my fancy. Yeah. To be fair. Oh, apart from they've just recently announced the cast for Top Girls. The, They're doing Top Girls. Yeah. That tickled me a little bit. Ooh, I was what like, was that? What was that? No, no, no. That facial expression. <laughs> if I could describe it, what was that? <laughs> you know, just, you know, life. <laughs> with all the writers. Are you thinking with all the writers in the world? Yeah. And with all the plays yeah, you could do. Exactly. But, That's exactly but we know what it is. the National Theatre is notorious for just doing stuff like that. It's just kind of like, we want to think out the box, but we don't really want to think out the box. So we're just going to do what we know best and kind of just throw like a really fun new play into the Dorfman Theatre. Come on, that's that's just their motto. I know, but when you're reminded, it's just like, oh, again? Yeah. Like Carol Churchill, brilliant playwright, don't get me wrong, but anyone else? You can't get anyone else? No, why would you do that though? Yeah, why, why not? Would you? No, I mean, I'm. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, like, to them, it's like why that's would, not my hill. I was going to die. Seriously, why would you fix something that isn't broken to them in their head? That's exactly. Literally, yeah. That's I feel that's also what it comes down to again, like that business money thing. That like it works. <sighs> well, we'll see. We'll see. 
I wish they, them every they, success. National Theatre will never be the voice. Will never be. <laughs> let's be honest. National Theatre will never be the voice of change for theatre. It wouldn't be that theatre that makes the change. I'm going to be entirely honest with you. It's which theatre do you think would be, or is? I feel like you're thinking the Young Vic. Yo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then I didn't want to say the young Vic because Kwe, uh, Kwame Kweoman is there. I don't want to be like, oh, because he's any theatre with a black artistic director. Yeah, but I don't want it. I don't like because it, it's still very early days. Yeah, yeah. So I can't like. I like to say Talawa, but Talawa is not. They don't have a theatre. Yeah, yeah, and they're not big enough. I wish that there was. They did have a theatre. They had a space where they can make this work make these kind of like amazing works that they've done with tipped and mm. you know things that they've been behind um they were behind girls weren't they yeah yeah so they were the ones that kind of like produced girls mm. and stuff like that so oh. what what's that theater in highbury and islington almeida yeah they're quite good mm. no no questionable work oh i, I haven't quite been to the, I, I haven't been to the almeida since hamlet <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. That was the last piece, and they did mm. the they drink it in the Congo. Oh, did they? Well, yeah, that was questionable as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if he's just like, mm, yeah. what about you? What theatre what do you think? I'm, I'm not here to burn bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, she, I'm, she needs to get her work made. Yeah, so, hey, you know, girl, so do I. But I'm yeah, just, so do I too. Know, so let me relax just, a little bit. Real, but you know, you know, yeah, let's be real. It's you know, okay. we're women out here. You yeah. know. We're, we're talking about the change. Let's um, have that conversation. Yeah. I think the theatre... I'm going to go on the theatre that this year... Well, at least my memory is short. So in the last few months, shall I say, whose work or announcements have excited me the most, uh, and it's been The Bush. Oh, oh my the, gosh. The like, yes. I've been like, ooh, I've been like, Bush, come and take me money. And I haven't yeah. seen as many shows as I would, but like... I haven't even been there that many times, actually. Mm. But what I've seen there was I either like really enjoyed. Or I felt like it was doing something different. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so I feel like for me that's the theatre that, uh, like, if we're thinking about change, so to speak. Mm. Um, like when I when I've seen it season, I've been like, mm, I can, I can. There's, I feel like there's yeah. a an mo here. There's like a something behind what you're mm. programming. That's so funny. I didn't even think about the bush. They've How actually bad. just announced their um oh, what is it? They they did this thing where they've got like producers, writers, like resident directors to mm. come together and like um artistic directors in training mm-hmm. to put together like this kind of like season. And Ooh. it's the Battersea Arts the Battersea Arts Center. The Bush, I think. And I think there was one more other place, but I can't remember. But they've just announced, the Bush have just announced their season as part of that. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Toby. She's mm. like the producer. So she's currently on doing, I think, the resident producer for that. Um, and yeah, I think they announced it. I can't find the email. God damn it. But yeah, you're right. I the Bush. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. They They're are. Great. That's true. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when, like, or who their new idea is and what that takes, yeah. like, yeah. what direction that takes it. Mm. That'll be quite cool. Yeah. Anyway. I can't believe I forgot about the book. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the house. <laughs> the house. The house. 
was the plan wasn't to make it a song, but yeah. <laughs> I really wish you would got up and started tracking. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you didn't you didn't go hard enough. <laughs> Don't worry. When I see the show, I'll be talking a little bit for y'all. <laughs> I um, think everyone will in one scene anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's again great to have you here to talk about your um your show, your play, your debut play, actually. Yeah. How exciting is that? Fuck. yeah no it is it's like it's just mad i feel like i should be more eloquent but (laughs) i feel like these kind of words actually convey your energy better yeah um it is really exciting it's for me like so i was in rehearsal last week and i literally almost started crying because just these girls were just like, this is free. I'm watching three black girls and they're like laughing and joking. I'm like, fuck, this looks like me. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole reason I started writing this thing because I, ne- I never felt like I've gone to the theatre and I felt like I've seen myself on stage. Yeah. Like, And I'm not just talking about seeing a black female body on stage. I mean, talking about seeing a world or a life that I feel like represents me. Even if I've gone to what someone's like point even though they're like all different shows out there and I just haven't felt like I'd experienced that yet. Um, and it just made me feel like I'm so excited for so many reasons. Like um, I'm excited for everyone to see it. Um, I've got over my fears of my parents seeing it now. <laughs> um, I'm just excited for everyone to see like the talent of these actresses and the director. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm just, and just to see like, these three women on stage and these three black women on stage just having a good time. Um, and I'm also really excited for the music. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mad excited and I can't believe it's happening. Cause I did, when I started writing, I never planned for this. I just, it just kind of happened. So for those who are listening, tell us a little bit about the hose. Cause I know already, <laughs> but I want you to tell us. Um, Okay, so uh, so the hose is about these three black Essex girls on holiday in Ibiza. Whoop whoop, Essex girls. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> now you're proud to be an Essex girl. I've never, I've never denied being an Essex girl. To Wait, be what honest. Part of Essex are you from? Romford, love. Oh, that's where you're Essex girl. <laughs> Liquid and envy. <laughs> that actually. Oh no, those lines got cut in one draft. They had, it, it, there was a mention of Liquid and envy. Oh, is it? Yeah. No longer exists. Yeah. What's they call it now? It's some fiction. Cool. But you know what? Liquid and Envy used to smell like feet. Not gonna lie. To be honest with you, growing <laughs> up... It actually did smell like feet. You didn't notice it when you was drinking. It smelled like feet. Mm. Growing up in Essex, I didn't actually go out in Essex until probably last year. Where did you go? Everywhere else. Everywhere else. <laughs> I used to travel into London. Like, I used to... Okay, so... The You're places, not one of us. Let's the places on. I used to go out to was like Forest Gate. I used to go to the Yardie Raves. Oh, Don't ask me no. what I was doing there. You... Don't ask me what I was doing in the Yardie Raves. But I was in the Yardie Raves. Yeah, nah, see, I, I, I wasn't it. Gross. Girl. I wasn't it. <laughs> but sorry to cut you. Um, yeah, so it's yeah about these three girls on late in Ibiza, and it's really there are all these different things that come up, but really at its heart, it's a play about sisterhood and about friendship, um, and it's something I'm really I'm really passionate about friendship. Like I've been having so many conversations very recently. I think it's undervalued. I think it's underrated, and people for whatever reason, choose to place romantic love above it. Mm. But I genuinely think like, like I saw one of my best mates on the weekend and I felt like shit and she's just there on the sofa with her and she like bought me fish and chips. And you know, there's just something about having someone that just so wholeheartedly loves you and it's mm. not contingent on like you being their like boyfriend or girlfriend yeah. or whatever. It's just like when you're, when you've got your girls or like when a guy's got his boys, it's just like that love is so pure. 
Um, and so I went to an all-girls school. It wasn't bitchy, as everyone likes to think. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was no bitchier than another school. Um, and so I have always grown up around women and I always had really close female friendships. And I just wanted to celebrate that with this play, amongst other things. It's about women that really own their sexuality and that own themselves. Um, and it touches on a lot of things, actually. Like, kind of nothing happens, but everything happens. Um, and I think the best way to describe it is like is like being a fly on the wall on a girl's holiday. Mm. And it's a really honest representation of women. Some might call it surprising, but I don't think it's surprising. I think if you actually know women and let them speak for themselves, I don't think many women will be like, oh, I've never thought that before. It's just, it's very honest. Mm. There's a lot of frank sex talk. Um, yeah. And it's fun. And it's quite interesting because... <sighs> Like everyone, it's not even everyone. I think I, I, I'm going to place it on the men. It's like, you know, they, ha- I don't know where they've got this thought or notion that we women don't talk about sex. We don't enjoy sex. We don't, we just not are. No, ha, sex, how dare you talk about it? Uh, <laughs> Girl, I'm talking about it with my friend all the time. Like, they're it's, ranking you. Like, <laughs> exactly. We're talking about our home. Let me not go in. Someone's about to Let me not say what I was about to say about somebody, but uh, you know, um, it's one of those ones that we're sitting there talking about this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Freely and openly. Like, it, it's a conversation we have because it's part of our lives. Mm. So, like, I like the fact that you, yeah, you know, we have these conversations and we're not afraid to have these conversations. So, don't be surprised that we do. You know, so sorry, went into that whole kind no, of but that's experience. So, that's so much of what it's about. Like, I would describe it as a sex positive play. Um, and like, someone asked me recently, I can't remember like how it, I came about it. And I was like, I wasn't really thinking about what I was writing, I was just writing about my life. And I just think if you're someone or if you're a woman who doesn't pretend to not enjoy sex or doesn't like like for example like i i've always been like called out for how i dress um and the things i say regardless of what my actual behaviors were and i've watched like at uni one of my good friends like i remember people used to call her like a slag or a scare or whatever they or they thought she was a certain type of person basically she just had a pole in her room and it was just like okay cool but you don't like and i remember having a fight with one of my mates because he called kim kardashian a slut I have no love for Kim Kardashian. I can give a shit about her. <laughs> but I was not about to stand for this. I was like, why is she just like, he's like, oh, but think about the sex tape. I was like, okay, but who else was in the sex tape? Mm. So, um, mm. what's his face? Ray J, not a slut too. She's like, yeah, but think about all the guys she's been with. I was like, okay, I'm thinking about all the guys I've been with bare girls. So are they not, like, it's such a, these words are so meaningless. Yeah. Um, It just, it like, it gets my tits no ends. Like, it just really pisses me off and just winds me up because people, like, there's nothing inherently wrong with sex and people should just, if people want to have it, as long as it's safe and it's all consensual, like, why does it matter who's having, how much sex other people are having? Um, and yeah, something I'm really passionate about. It's really, it really draws me. And at, but at the same time, I think it's really difficult um, as a woman, though, sometimes to navigate the world, if that is your attitude. Because, like, people will, people place opinions on you. So there'll be people who if you are seen in that light, then they'll think that you're less than or X, Y, Z. And I always, I've always found it really interesting how people talk to me and how, if people perceive me as, um, so when people used to talk about my friend to me, or not to me, like around me, and then I would like shut it down. 
they had decided that I was like more conservative. And so therefore like I was better. And it was, I just found it really interesting, like how people would decide how, like how they'll choose to talk to you based on what they've deemed your sexual behavior is and whether you're like a better or worse person. And it's mm-hmm. like, but there's no morality in that. Like if you've only slept with two people, but one of those people is your girlfriend and the other person was someone you cheated on them with, you're actually a bad person. The person who slept with like 50 people, what does it matter to you if all those sexual encounters were consensual and safe? Mm-hmm. Like they just, I just, I just think it's meanness. Anyway, that is kind of the play. Cool. <laughs> nice. I went, on a, I went on a little rant there. <laughs> Girl, we like rants. Um, and yeah. And it features one of my favorite artists. So there's the scene in it, just a small scene where we get a bit of spice and something like it. And I just, I just, I love her music. I just love her. I find her empowering as a woman. So. That's a, I'm not gonna lie. That's a good track. I'm already thinking about it in my head. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like in my head. Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, like, like I'm like, sorry. Oh. I went quiet because in my head I'm mentally broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, what made you kind of like want to pursue writing, considering like your other accomplishments as an entrepreneur and a restaurateur? Um, I wasn't pursuing writing, so to speak. I just like doing stuff. So I've never really done just one thing. Um, so like I've always had aside something uh, and I used to dance a lot and when I started doing the business full time I wasn't dancing and I wasn't doing anything else I was just doing the business and that was really difficult for me uh, it's like not my natural personality type I think the only time I've done that is like a final term in uni um, and so I was like looking for something to take up and I didn't think I could go back to dance at the time because I didn't think I could commit to such a regular schedule. And I was like, mm, I'd always kind of wanted to write a play, but I had always thought it was beyond me and I thought I couldn't write. And then like kind of said it to my friend. It was around the time I started the theatre club and I wanted to get back more into theatre. I wasn't really, I realised I've been back in London. I haven't really been going to shows. I was like, oh, let me start going to shows more. So like, oh, maybe I give writing a go. Um, but I kind of said it and forgot about it. And then um, I was on Twitter one day procrastinating and the universe sent me a sign. <laughs> Um, and Yolanda Mercy, who's a writer performer, um, had retweeted a set of workshops at, that were happening at the Stratford Theatre, the Theatre Royal Stratford East, for a fiver. So it's like cool. I like signed up for three of them. Um, so the, there were workshops in all different stuff, but I signed up for the three writing ones. And then one of them was with Lynette Linton, who's a writer director, mm-hmm. um, and she was doing, and she got us doing this free writing exercise. And she got us to write these scenes about things that had happened to us. Um, and we were just writing, writing. And I read mine out and like some people chuckled. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm quite funny. <laughs> maybe I'm kind of good at this. Um, and then we were just chatting afterwards. And she was like, oh, I was really good at exploring. It was like quite interesting. And she told everyone to just try and finish the scene. Then I like, just like gushed afterwards being like, oh my God, I really love the workshop. Thanks. Um, I think I, I feel like maybe I could write now. Um, and then she said to me like, why don't I apply for Soho Theatre Writers Lab? And I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I finished the scene, used that scene from my submission for the lab got accepted onto the lab um, and I was guided through the writing process with them to finish the play um, and then it all kind of went from there basically um, so I, I finished the play and which and the play actually been in the scene that I wrote in that workshop with Lynette Linton is the first few lines of what is currently now the hose so I haven't I didn't change it I literally continued writing the same project um, and so then I wrote the play, handed it in, and then I had my reading for it. Um, and then some, 
basically my dramaturg couldn't come to the reading. The person had been signed to my dramaturg. She didn't come to the reading, but she'd asked her colleague to come, but he also couldn't come. He read the play, really liked it. And we had a meeting about it. And then like a couple of months later, a couple of weeks, yeah, he emailed me and be like, oh, I was chatting in the theater bar with someone and I sent them your script. This someone is the person who's now my agent. And he's like, oh, I just thought it'd be good for you to meet him. And so I went for my meeting and we were just chatting about my work. And at the end he was like, oh, I kind of want to sign you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, so we're doing this now? <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, I'm going to think about that. <laughs> like, it was funny because I just was, I hadn't seen it coming. And I was like, oh, because I literally just was like, I just, as far as concerned, I'd written the thing. For me, having my reading was like the end of the writing thing yeah. for me. And I was like, oh, that was fun. That was great. Um, And then he was like, yeah, I'm going to try and get it on. And I was like, oh, like, so that's kind of how writing actually became like a thing. Because mm. I, like, I was just doing it for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad way to start, actually. Yeah. yeah, might have been a hidden passion that you wasn't aware of. Mm. Yeah, you, it just it just came bursting out. Like, Ooh, I'm here! <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this is the energy you're gonna get from me. Like, <laughs> this is the energy everybody gets from me yeah. when I'm on here. Um, so Dorcas, you have a question. Yeah, I mean, Jules. Last week you had, uh, or last episode, you had a writer on the episode talking a bit about like artistic license and I just wanted to sort of find out how much you were involved in the process was it difficult for you to let go of the script was it easy choosing the collaborators what was that like um really easy actually mm. the whole process um so my director is Lakeisha Lakeisha Ariangelo um and I knew her from Soho so she was resident director at Soho so mm. she actually had read the script already because we'd had to read it for the VBAs. And she directed like the 10 minute um, reading we had at the Tony Craze Awards ceremony. So I always knew that I wanted to have a black female director on the project. That was something that I kind of made uh, clear in my first meeting with the theatre. That I want, I definitely wanted a female director. And then when I said in my shortlist, they were just all black women. Mm. Um, and because I knew, so because I, w I knew that I was going to be quite occupied with the restaurant, I, what was really important to me is that the person coming on board was someone that I just felt like in my chest that I really trusted mm. because I just didn't want, I didn't want the, these women to become like caricatures. I didn't want it to like lose the sensitivity that it has. Um, and so when Lakeisha came on board, we had like a chat about two things, a couple of things that were like really important to me and just the way she spoke about the play, I just knew that she got it. Um, as it so happened, I was able to be around in rehearsals a lot more and like working with her is like great. She gives like the best notes and it's so bloody annoying because if she gives you a note, you know it's for the good of the play. So you mm. have to do something about it. <laughs> but you low-key like you don't want to change anything. Yeah. So like one thing is like she suggested some song changes and I was like, yo, why are you doing this to me, Lakeisha? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? I made the changes and it's better. And I'm like, damn. Man. <laughs> um, so I've had I've always had lots of control in that regard because um, she's always come back to me but it's definitely felt like a collaborative process and actually I like giving her the script and just like letting her run with it has been like more than okay for me um, like by the end of first week of rehearsal so I did so much, I did a lot of rewriting in first week um, based on like some of the comments and seen it on seen it on like I felt 
comfortable just like walking away. And I like I said on Twitter the other day, I only really turn up to rehearsals just because I want to be there because I like I just want to hang out. <laughs> like I, no one needs me there. There is not <laughs> everything is going okay. I don't really need to see it. I trust what's going on. I just turn up because I want to be there for lunchtime. It's literally like school. I want to be there for all the chats and for the jokes. So I just rock up to that. Hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been like been so good. And even for, with the actresses as well, like everything has just been. I don't, I don't think I had expectations before. I didn't know what to expect, but I feel so fortunate to have such a positive experience. Like, I genuinely feel so lucky and blessed. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah, it's always yeah. nice when you have, like, like a good experience and you meet some, like, great people. They are the best. Like, like a- we had, um, we were doing recording last week for marketing came in, for, like, video to do some filming and stuff. And she was like, whoa, it's like, oh, bundle of like energy when you walk in and so much laughter and it's just such a warm like such a great space and I think that's always kind of like the best way to collaborate Mm. when everyone gets on so well and everyone's on the same page the energy's there you kind of feel like this is amazing like I can't there's nothing wrong here it's just like I can just get on so well and then Mm. you kind of like end up being like friends afterwards and just like can we work again together at some point please Mm. So I think yeah. it also shows that everyone has like a stake in it. Like they all want to commit to what yeah. they, you've all made together and One they want to do it well. So funny. She was like, she said, <laughs> she's so cute. After she read the script, she was like stressed because she's like, fuck, I really want, she's like, I really want this job. And she was, and so she didn't, she can like talk about it because she's like, I really, really want it. And she didn't like, she didn't want to want it so much in case she didn't get it. And it was just I like, obviously I'm glad she got it because she's great. Um, but it's just, they are all really heavily invested in the show and the story behind it. Um, and to be honest, I think it's because it's a story that speaks to a lot of people. Like pretty much everyone that auditions, we had the same things to say and and could really understand where it had come from. Wow, well, that's awesome. Cool. So you mentioned, um, obviously, the Soho Theatre, theatre, I'm not talking in the mic, you mentioned the Soho Theatre's Writers Lab. Yeah. Um, and just kind of you getting involved in that. And the question is, how do you think this kind of like catapulted your writing career? Um, what advice would you give like up and coming writers like trying to get into you know, writing for theatre. Even though you said that this was for fun, <laughs> but you're here now, girl. Use a writer. Ah. <laughs> I just don't think I'm equipped to give advice because it was just so like it just kind of happened. Um, I guess it would depend on what I'm advising for, though. Like, is it if someone just wants to have like create a good play, or is it? Do they want to create a play that is staged? Because some plays get staged that aren't great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And like, I would hope that no one comes to see the show and questions why it got staged. Um, but I do feel like those are two separate things. Like you can get work staged, but it's not necessarily like a good piece of work. Mm-hmm. So if I was advising um, just to write something good. I don't know. I just really feel like, but maybe, again, this is like my process. Mm. Like, a process, my process sounds such a dick. You have a process now. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, everything I've ever written, my three things I've written, the hose and two shorts, um, have just come from things that I have really felt 
already observed. Um, and I feel like if you write a story, no, nah, this is shit advice actually. No, 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 right, let me, I'm gonna come back to the advice. I'll go to the Soho and then come back to the advice. <laughs> no, cause I wanna say something good, but I can't, my brain's like farting at the moment. So I'm not thinking straight. Um, basically if I hadn't done Soho Writers Lab, I, the hose wouldn't exist. And I probably wouldn't be a writer because I, not only if I hadn't done it, if I hadn't had a piece of advice on the first session, because actually after the first session, I was ready to leave and not come back. Because um, at the end, this guy was like, oh, how was it? I was like, yeah, I don't think it's for me. Because I just entered and everyone had like, I felt like everyone had come from writing or dra- they were talking about like drama school and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, I did this. Like, oh, you know, so I was like, oh, this is not my place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me just go back to Excel. Like I understand business. Um, and then the guy at the end was like, everyone here was picked from like X amount of applications and you're all here for a reason. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, maybe if you did choose my thing, then maybe there's something in it. Um, and it just gave me like the process, just forced me to finish something because of the three, like you got this three draft process, you have three deadlines. Um, and it also just gave me along the way, like just gave me the encouragement that I needed to like D is my dramaturg, um, was my dramaturg. She's now at the Bish actually. Like I just found her so supportive and so encouraging um, that it made me feel that actually like I was actually all right at this. Like, and so basically if I hadn't, yeah, if I hadn't done the lab, I wouldn't be here. Like I I, I just so, I love that the lab exists mm-hmm. um, and I hope it stays for quite some time. Cause I think it's a fairly like affordable writing program. And I think the, the actual structure of it just is really helpful for someone trying to finish something. It's not like just go away and write a play. It's like, okay, you start by writing a scene, then you do your first draft and hand it in, second draft, hand it in, third draft, hand it in. So by the time you finish the lab, if you've met all the deadlines, you've got something that's in like fairly good shape. Do you mm. know what I mean? Oh, fuck up a good advice now. Okay, cool. Um, Quickly, before you talk, I have actually got something to say. Um, you don't know this, um, but obviously... We obviously kind of like met through like the theatre club and started talking. I don't know what you're going to say. I, I feel stressed. <laughs> don't worry. It's I like, feel it's... She must put me on blast. She, <laughs> she, she invited me on to the podcast to drive me all the way. I'm literally, yeah. my chest is like. Not, not at all. Um, and obviously I, we, I had the opportunity to kind of like read like one of your first drafts. Oh my God. Yes. In my bedroom. No, but I saw the energy and kind of you, t- you talked about like the... <laughs> the writer's lab and stuff like that and I was like really interested and it kind of gave it gave me the courage I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you it like you inspired me to actually apply for the writer's lab and I actually got on so it's one of those things where (laughs) (laughs) but you know I only applied because Linton told me to like like, sometimes sometimes you just need someone to like nudge you yeah because I had thought like why would I like because I'd actually looked at seen it before because it like done the rounds on my social media but I just thought that's not for me do you know Mm. what I mean you like we sometimes self-select ourselves out of stuff Mm. yeah and having oh my god that's touched me yeah so (laughs) that's having someone nudge you along or just say something like a lot of the time we don't know the impact we're having. Mm. When and did you do lab? No, I'm I'm starting it next week. Oh, I'm gonna be there. I'm doing a talk. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So Sorry to everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> Essence <laughs> girls screaming. <laughs> Reunion. Oh, that's so exciting, man. Yeah. So 
when I applied, because I was nervous as hell. And also my sister was also kind of like the inspiration. She's like, just do it. Just apply. Just do it. At least write a scene. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't get, I, no one has seen my scene. No one knows what my scene was. So I was just kind of like, I'm just going to do it. And I was like, I think, I, I think this is going to be shit. I don't think no one's going to like this. So... When they were like, okay, if you don't hear anything after this date, and I didn't hear anything, I was like, yeah, I definitely not got this. And then I got the email because I thought, ah, oh, they were like, unfortunately, you know, when you just like, you just look for the unfortunately yeah, word, yeah. like in an email, like, unfortunately, you've been unsuccessful. And I'm like, congratulations. They're like, huh? I literally called my sister first thing, like, oh my God, so has, um, so I'm going to do the writer's lab thing. I don't know. I like, you know, we're just like in so much shock. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of like, because again, it's one of those things where I was so afraid because I'm not like, I don't know writers like that. I don't, I don't actively put my work out there. I'm always kind of like afraid. I'm like, oh, someone's not going to like my work or someone's going to say it's really shit. And, you know, you kind of had that voice in your background. You're not a good writer. Mm. Keep I still it up. So I was just like, I don't know. And then I just like, just kind of like having the courage from people and just those people that don't necessarily know that they've kind of pushed me a little bit. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm just going to do this. And just, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. So here I am. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to be 2018 slash 19. Oh, that's so sick. That's literally so sick. But yeah, so that that I think you signed you silently gave me advice without yeah. you. Knowing. As you said it, I've just know I know who I'm gonna give advice to now. I'm not giving advice to people that are already writing and that are trying to get stuff from. Like it's fine. Like, I feel like people that are already writing and writers have probably maybe got hopefully got community writers or they, they probably know, they probably actually even know more than me. They're probably people writing longer than me that know more stuff. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know, call one of my mates a lot and be like, hey, <laughs> what should I do? Um it's the people that like maybe like me and you who had like a thought about oh I would just like to write something one day but have discounted themselves just write something and finish the thing just write something finish the thing and don't think more. about what you're writing think about what you just want to say mm. and just honor that and like honor your yeah yourself and the message you want to get across mm. and just and just go with it that's what yeah. I would say um and that's even what I'm trying to get myself to do because the next thing I'm trying to write I keep thinking about like, oh, but will this get on? Like, you know, will this be the thing that I do next after hose? And I'm like, no, do you not forget about that? Like, it's not actually about that. Mm -hmm. Like, because actually I wrote the hose really well and I wasn't thinking about that. So I'm just going to get that all out of my head. Like, what is the story I'm trying to tell here? Like, why am I going to write this? And sometimes for me, it's just having conversations with people. So like the next play I'm trying to write is about this black boy um, who is going through therapy. Um, and... I don't know when I'm going to finish it, but sometimes I feel like, oh, why am I telling this story or whatever? Then every now and then I'll have a chat with a guy and I'll be like, do you know what? He'll say something that reminds me, like, this is why I'm trying to write this thing. Mm. And I might just bash out a few more lines. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, like, if you're thinking about maybe you kind of want to write something, but you don't know what's the worst that will happen, you'll write something and no one will ever know. Like, because it's, it's actually in the privacy room. Like, when I was writing my script, hardly anyone knew. And then all of a sudden... I'd announced the hose and I'm like, what if you went rewrite? And I was like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that. You just didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like just writing and saying what you want to say without thinking about what already exists as well. Hmm. Because had I thought, does anyone want to put a play on about three black girls talking about sex and some other stuff? I probably would have thought, ah, no one's going to want to do that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but actually people do want to see it mm. and it's saying quite all right so just do you boo 
Mm. I like that. I like that. Just do you, boo. Is that right? It was advice. I'm sorry, innit? Yeah, it's decent advice. I'm going to um, give it back to myself. I'm going to take this home and just write the fucking thing. Oh. I mean, okay, so the hose, interesting title. Like, why and how did you come up with that for your play? Without giving, obviously, too much away. We want people to see it. Um... Oh, this is really, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something now. Basically, when I get these asked these questions, I have to retrospectively go back and try and create a narrative that makes sense. Because a lot <laughs> of stuff I do is just intuitive and instinctive. Mm. I don't actually think that much before I do things. And then afterwards, I have to go back and think, like, maybe why did I do it? Um, so it was just the work. It was started as the working title. Because um, very early on, they called themselves hoes. Um, because it's a word I use all the time about myself and my mates. And I use it in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the line, was it the crib line or whatever? The line that they've extracted when they're in the marketing, which I just think is everything. And it's why, I, it's actually one of the most, lines I'm most proud of, but it's also why I just use the term ho and I don't think about it. Because um, basically there's a line that goes like, as long as you're a woman, as long as you're a woman doing as she pleases with her body, someone somewhere is calling you a hoe. So the term hoe is so subjective. It's like, oh, you dress like that, her skirt's too short, she's a hoe. She gave this boy hair, she's a hoe. She's had sex, she slept with this guy, she's a hoe. Oh, because she did this type of sex, she's a hoe. It's like, it's just such a meaningless thing. Um, and so the girls, in my opinion, they are all hoes and they're hoes in a positive way. Or I take the word hoe being like, Do you know, what? you're just someone who's just owning yourself and you're doing as you want and as you please. Um, so it was just a working title that stuck. At one point, someone did suggest I change it because they were like, maybe we won't, no one's going to want to stage it like that. And I'm glad I didn't because I considered changing it. So there's some, there's some drafts of my play saved on my laptop called Amnesia because that's a club in Ibiza. And then one is called like Tequila Raising Something because that's a drink that I bear like. And then I was <laughs> like, no, 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 I just went back to the host. <laughs> I just think it says, it just says what it is. Yeah. Um, and actually now thinking about it from a marketing point of view, I think it's automatically intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, yeah, it just it just makes you think, oh, like, why is that? And I just think, for me, it's just, yeah, it's just a term I use a lot. And I think the girls um, are, and they embody that. And it's, the play is like, embodies host spirit. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, hope everyone goes out and hoes afterwards. Whatever hoeing means to them. Do you know what mm. I mean? That could just be like, take a little selfie because you look cute. Mm. Or it could be like, getting down and dirty on the dance floor. Like that's, some I can't say in other interviews because like some of the other interviews are meant to be like more safe. But like, <laughs> I, that's really what I want. Like I low-key just want, especially the women, guys too, but like especially the women to come out of that and feel inspired to do that thing that they've wanted to do but I felt like worried about what other people, people say, say. Mm, yeah. and literally because I even my friend the other day she sent me a picture she looked banging I was like oh fire on my phone <laughs> she was like oh should I post this on Insta or is it too much I was like do you know how fit you look like who who cares if anyone yeah. says it's too much I was like post that thing I'll post like you know I was like I'll post that thing <laughs> and like so I just feel like so often women feel like they can't do what they want to do and like and like they can't be themselves mm. um and, the, and it's just yeah so for me I'd love people to watch the play and come away and just do that thing and literally that can just be I'm not saying that everyone needs to run about and have sex that's not even that literally you might just be like wear that dress you wanted to wear take that picture you want to wear maybe tell that boy you like them maybe tell that girl you like them maybe tell that person you don't like them <laughs> and they should leave you alone yeah. do you know what I mean mm. um, just like I just want everyone to come away and feel a little bit, little bit empowered to own themselves because even working on the play has had that effect on me I've been in 
very different stages of my life when I first wrote it, when I had my reading and going through rehearsal and actually going through the process. I think it's been, of rehearsing, it has been re-empowering me and helping me to shake off some of like the internalized um, slut shaming and misogyny that I've taken on just from existing in the world as one does. Mm. So it's guys got a bit deep. That was great. No, I really like that. Yeah, man. It's cool. Oh, awesome. Um, Okay, so what would you say the big takeaway uh, would be for the audience, particularly in relation to sort of liberation of females and the female body and things like that, and the female spirit as well? Hmm. (laughs) It's It's not necessarily easy, I think, is what comes across in the play. It's not actually that easy like to try and own yourself in a world that's telling you not to own yourself is actually quite a challenge and I think you see the girls go through that challenge of like they're not as they're not like mad carefree in that regard they're like you can see them trying to work it out and so I think that it's not easy but it's worth it um I think that would be to take away about liberation like I guess work out what it means to you hmm um and I say that because I think sometimes you get it on the other side like people post out like liberation and freedom is like is running around and doing the most actually that's not it for everyone like Mm. I think um it's just about finding what is your thing what does it mean to you to be a free woman um what does it mean to you to own yourself uh yeah find out what that is for you and find some way of honoring that um I also just think that people should just know that your girls, your girls should be your biggest supporters and cheerleaders. And if anyone watches the play and feels like their girls wouldn't support or cheerlead what they'd want to do, I actually would suggest you find some new girls. Preach girl. No, I just feel like <laughs> just your group, your your like your your yeah. friends are meant to be your cheerleaders. And mm. I think that is another thing as well. Sometimes with within circles, like someone feels they can't express what they want to do or say what they want to say because they're worried about how their friends um will look at them. Um, but basically just try and own yourself find your find your way of owning yourself and find and try and find people who will support you choosing to own yourself and women talk about sex they talk about sex they like sex they have sex and we're funny as fuck thank you for my TED talk <laughs> <laughs> it's a good TED talk <laughs> great TED talk um so obviously you're going to stay with us for the rest of the show while we quickly go to our sound waves. Thank you again for coming. Yeah. I, I, this is like happens to be like my favorite episode already. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I'm not just saying that. You know what I mean, if oh no, I was going to say somebody, but I don't know if I would interview them. I was going to say Anthony and Joshua, but what would I say to him? You're really hot. Yeah. I picked up a book today in a bookstore and I was just like, wow. I had to pull it down because it was just temptation. Wait, was it Anthony Joshua's book? Yeah. Oh. Obviously, obviously, obviously wasn't making sense. I was like, like, just to clarify, you said a book. Yeah, it was just like, oh my God, this guy is so fine. Yeah. Some people just are, you know. No, he's like the epitome of beautifulness. Like, I don't understand. (sighs) Anyway, um, I've got a boyfriend. I don't know why I'm doing this, but yeah. I can look at whoever It's not you like can. I'm going to touch Do you know what I mean Who knows that <laughs> No <laughs> Her phone is text coming in now <laughs> What did you say Jay? <laughs> but anyway Moving on to our sound waves um, So like I mentioned At the top of the show I went to go and see Twelfth Night At the Young Vic um, Last week actually 
And uh, do you know what? Yeah, the the song that keeps coming in is one of the songs that that was at the top of the show. Um, if music be the food of love, play on, play on. I can't stop singing that. I don't know why. Um, and it's all of a sudden like it's randomly today that I have to do the review about the show that the song's coming to my head. Um, so obviously you guys are aware uh, Kwame Kweyaman is the new artistic director uh, at the Young Vic. And I believe this is his first show under his kind of like artistic direction, I believe. Hmm. I thought you were going to agree with me and be like, yes. Well, yeah, his direction, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's a good opener. It's a good first show um, for his work. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're expecting like more. Um, I wasn't. I think that they picked an easy piece. Mm. Twelfth Night is an easy story to tell. It's not one of those, it's not the heaviest of Shakespeare. Mm. You know, we all know that Shakespeare, so some of his work is a bit like... <sighs> stress on the chest but this one isn't so much it's very kind of like joyous mm. um and yes. i, I, and I <laughs> like the I fact the that it's <laughs> <laughs> and i like the fact that now i hate musicals with a passion no why no i don't i don't every second break into song i can't take it no but when they're done right it's so good it's so and smart. this one and i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna lie this one was done to perfection because it's not like I sat there and think, oh, fuck, here comes a song. It was like, ooh, a song. Like, and it was such a good song too. Mm. So like, and the fact that I still have one of the songs in my head, that says a lot because I don't really care for songs in musicals. Like, I'm not really that kind of like fangirl. Um, immediately from the beginning, you're kind of like, um, you come into the audience and you're like, ah, it's like a street party. So you're greeted like it's Notting Hill Carnival. Like, you know, you've got people with their flags up, you know, it's kind of like the yeah, setting. Really so, it, it, so it's set in a so modern exciting. kind of like modern time. You can just see the stamp of like <clears throat> culture already. And which is what you kind of want to see in like shows, like, well, theatre shows. Like That's what I want to kind of see in theatre shows anyway um and it's kind of like how so everybody knows the story i like to think everybody knows the story of 12th night you're you've got um is it viola mm -hmm. viola um who's the twin to sebastian um they're separated at a shipwreck and she goes to the is it the the town of illyria i want to say illyria i might be getting this wrong i only saw it last week and it's not like i'm a fan of Shakespeare anyway um but Elyria and then she um poses she pretends to be the boy yeah she poses as a boy um and is falls in love with kind of like her master who is the Duke, Duke Arce Arsino Arsenio 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 that's the one um she falls in love with him as her disguise but he is in love with Olivia, who is, I think, the lady in another house who's kind of like her brother's just recently died. So it's kind of like a love triangle. And Olivia is in love with Sebastian. Seb not Sebastian, Viola as the boy. I forgot oh, yeah. the boy's name. Yeah. So it's all a bit of a love, a mad love triangle. Um, but amongst the love triangle, there's great comedy, there's kind of like great music. It's just do they keep the language the same in this version? The language, yes, because as soon as like us, is it Arsenio? 
started talking and it was in the Shakespeare language. I was like, oh dear God. Um, <laughs> but it worked because I understood the story. But I understand, I, like, if, you, if you're familiar with the story already, you kind mm. of know. But it was so easy because... I love the fact that they incorporated the music just in case you didn't understand the language. The song then told the story for you, mm. if that made sense. Um, so I like that as well, because if you aren't, if you find it difficult to keep up with like the Shakespeare language or the old English language, the song is sung for you in a sense that I'm telling you what's just happened just in case you're not, you haven't caught up with it because of the language. Mm. And it was just kind of like so great. Um Shout out, can I just say, to the community, kind of like, the, the they had community actors. So people that live within the community were also kind of like part of the big ensemble. Oh, cool. Amazing. They were the ones that sold the show for me, to be honest with you. The energy was there from the beginning to the end. And I think that theatres need to take on that energy, like getting kind of like the community to be mm. part of the shows. Because I think that... You, you just see kind of like a different kind of energy. You kind of just see like, and I'm sure they're obviously getting paid for it, but you see that they're happy to be there. Not to say that actors aren't happy to be there, but it's a different kind of energy when you get people within the community mm. to come and be part of a show that's in their community. Mm. Um, and I really, really love that. I just love just the diversity, the just how each character like, how they were casted so maria who's the servant in olivia's house um was played by oh what's her name Bemisola um ukumelo who was in new nigerians and oh yeah um she was played like a um she was played like a nigerian kind of like servant so she had the accent but it worked um the oh what's the actor's name sorry i have to i, I have to come back to this Sir Andrew, a, a, Sir Andrew, Sir Andrew, who um, was played as like this Polish kind of like Romanian guy, but it worked again. So just so many things that just kind of just like you can see what they were, they were trying to incorporate the community of London that we currently live in mm. by using kind of like these different people from different countries to basically play like these characters from like a fourteen hundred kind of like playtext, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, Overall, I didn't give it when I first came out. I didn't give it a star rating because I was just like, "Oh, am I going to be mean or I'm going to be nice?" I was just like, for what it was, it was a good piece. Again, joyous. You know, we all like a bit of joyous theatre. I would like to see what kind of like the next play is under his um, under his under Kwame's artistic direction. Um, but this one was a great start. I could see this being adapted into a film like Les Mis or Mamma Mia because mm. the music worked. It really worked. He uses different genres. So you got a bit of reggae, you got a bit of gospel, you got kind of like different genres. You got a bit of R&B. There was a song that sounded like a Jasmine Sullivan song. I said, what? <laughs> I said, I'm, wow. And, <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, the character that plays the Fester, so the fool, um, was Melissa... Um, Alan Amazing voice You know I looked around the audience I could see some people Just kind of like Leaning in their seat Just thinking Wow <laughs> When she did the ah, I was like, oh. I was like oh, God damn And even Gabrielle Brooks Who plays um, Viola Again Amazing Everyone had good voice Actually apart from 
Um, the Duke guy. His voice was questionable. <laughs> Um, but he didn't have to sing much, so I was glad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can tell who's not really strong voiced, but every as an ensemble, ensemble, everyone was really great. So I'm waffling on again. Um, star rating? Star rating is I'm gonna give it a four. And that's me being like, like that was me going back and forth with myself. Mm. So I was like mm, three and a half. Am I being really mean? Four and a half. Four and a half is too generous. So let's go with four. Nice. So I'm going to give it a four. And I would highly recommend you go and see it. If you want to see something that's a lighthearted piece of Shakespeare, this is one for you. Mm. And if you like a bit of musical as well, this is one for you. So I definitely recommend to go and see it. You know, it's an hour and a half, no interval. So it's yeah. perfect. Oh my God. They need to dead off the intervals. I can't, I can't, <laughs> they I need can't. to dead off the three hour shows. I can't first of all. Intervals. It's stressful. <laughs> when, they said, when the guy said, um, no re-entry, there's no interval. I said, well, praise the Lord. Where's my seat? I'm going to go sit down, enjoy myself. Do you know what I mean? Because no interval, it's not needed. Do you I really know what I mean? See it. Like, I don't normally go in for Shakespeare. Mm. So yeah, reasons, neither do I. Mm. But... This show has had me really excited. And also just, I like from what I've been reading about it, how I feel like it's energized people. Yeah. And I just feel like, um, like what you said about the community, I just think that's so important. Like, it, I, I get the impression that it's doing more than just like being a good show for theater people to clap. But mm. like a show actually in, in that is engaging with people beyond like a typical theater audience. Yeah. Like, I think that's just so important. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. And can I just say one big shout out to... Gerald Carey who plays Malvolio oh my god had everybody laughing including myself throughout his character is like him playing the character was absolutely amazing like his comedic timing was so on point like trying to get comedy right especially in theatre it's mm. a hit and miss yeah it's true it could just fall so flat like like there's no way you can bring back the words and say it again. Mm. Like, Especially no if you cut. do it night after night. Yes. Yeah. And just seeing, I'm sure they'd done how many nights before I saw it. I thought, my God, funny as fuck. And yes, I'm going to use the F word. Funny as fuck. He was absolutely funny. He, for me, was like... <laughs> All right, you don't I'm need sorry. to reenact the laugh. Sorry, I'm just. Mm, he like, looks so disgusted. <laughs> like, like we get it. He's funny. <laughs> sorry, guys. Like, try and see it in the run that it, I don't know when the run runs out, but do try and see it. It's definitely one to go and see. Um, I highly kind of like recommend it. And there's certain shows I wouldn't really recommend, but this one is one of them. Um, and yeah, go and see it. I don't yeah. know when it's playing to. Let me see. When it's it? sometime in November. Like, yeah, so you've still got yes. quite a bit of time. Grab your tickets. Mm. Oh, there's even in the program, it talks about Notting Hill Carnival. So there you go. There was some inspiration for Notting Hill Carnival there. Mm. Um, so yeah, guys, yeah, go see Twelfth Night at the Young Vic. And awesome. I'm looking forward to see um, the convent as well. Convert. Convert. <laughs> Which is probably already sold out. Is it the convert or the convent? I swear it's the convert. With Letitia Wright. It's the convent. The is it the convent? Yes. Is it set in like a nunnery or something? No. But it's not the convert. Oh, you two are confusing me now. Okay. Me do you know what? We'll, we'll, yeah, you can check that and I'll talk about the next thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, recommendation for TV and film. Um, a nice little TV series called A Million Little Things. This is Jules's recommendation. Yes. So I know nothing about this. Um, but I know it's from ABC Studios and it's set in Boston. 
Uh, a tight-knit circle of friends are shocked into realising, or when they realise, that they need to start living more after a member of their group is suddenly, um, suddenly commits suicide. Um, so yeah, do you want to talk about that, Jules? Yeah, so this show I came across on my daily kind of like, oh, what shows do I want to see? Um Illegally, because um, it's not out in this country yet. Uh, so <laughs> I won't give my plug. Um, but yeah, so this show, if you like This Is Us, this is the kind of show that will be for you. Immediately, it's kind of like a tearjerker. Like it's such real life. It's such kind of like day-to-day living and kind of just seeing how people's emotions and people's daily lives, how it affects them and the people around them and stuff like that. And what I liked about this show particularly, it's based on like male friendships and looking at the the elements of like mental illness, mental health and kind of like a friend committing suicide and not knowing the reason why because he seems so happy. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like these group of friends kind of coming together and trying to kind of like be there for each other, kind of like knowing that you know we've just lost a friend and we just all assumed that he was okay mm. and he, deep down he probably wasn't you know so i i highly kind of like i really enjoyed the show it's still very new so it's only like three episodes three four episodes in um if you guys know where you watch your shows american shows that are not out here you know where to go type in a million a million little things i'm not about to tell you the plug um um, but yeah, go and check it out. It's definitely one. It's still early days. I like the way the show is going. It's it's not too fast and it's not too slow. So you're kind of getting a bit of kind of like good stuff happening there. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds interesting, actually. I don't think I've seen a TV show talk about male friendships, really, or even mental health within the male community. Yeah. And even so. in a female community, it's not really done. Often, is it? Well, yeah, not often. You're right. Not, not often. often. Yeah. So I was I, I was intrigued to see because obviously we know, you know, a lot of men don't speak about their mental health and a lot of them are coming out now talking about, you know, how they've suffered from anxiety and depression. A lot of people are speaking about it openly now. Mm. So to have a show that kind of like talks about it, I was like, yes, I'm here for it. Mm. I'm actually here for it because people are talking about it. Mm. And let's have a show that does kind of like focuses the energy on that and kind of see how, you know, men do deal with it. Yeah. I guess. I think it kind of proves as well that there's space for it. Mm. Yeah. That there's need for it as well because it's not just going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's the convert, by the way. It is the convert. Yeah. Is it (laughs) the convert? I just said it's the convert. (laughs) Just to let you know. Um, I did have another recommendation, but I won't go into that because it's still early days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sound of sound of the week, song of the week, guys. You got a song? I want to hear it. <laughs> I love how we just, I love how we like just guess like, go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's stress. Uh, we can come back to you. We'll give you. Yeah, give, give you me a while. Okay, um, I can do my song, yeah, of, the week. Do song um, of the week. So I've been listening to PJ Morton, really, really cool R&B singer. Um, he's got this really amazing album called Gumbo, which is great in itself. Um, but there's also an unplugged live version as well. Um, and one of my favourite songs is called Everything's Gonna Be Alright Live. So I'm gonna say some things, and I need y'all to help me sing this one, alright? Just don't want to. Everything's gonna be alright. That's all y'all gotta say. 
of songs why oh it's so annoying like i just <laughs> oh prefer no like if i was there it's fine mm-hmm. but when you're not i don't like when you know spotify puts on the live i'm like oh, skip this i just don't enjoy it <laughs> i know it's the worst they, well, they love it with indie re as well i'm just like, i can hear all this other stuff in the background yeah oh, where I you hear the it. people clapping and go, i just Whoa! don't i just don't i just i just want my song like, oh, i just no. want the purity of the song i love because i feel like if i was there it'd be different i'm not there i'm in my house <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> just give me the studio. Like, that's just how I feel. I think I just love the idea of feeling like I'm there with them whilst they're making the music. But how though? Like right there. Because it's live. But it's not live for you. Yeah, but it feels live. <laughs> Literally okay. when I can hear there's someone go, woo, or sing it. I'm like, yes. That's someone standing in front of me blocking my vision. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. I love it. I, I love visually music. feel that way. I just feel like that's just extra <laughs> noise. I get you. Like I'm literally that person just like, no. I don't want to hear signature. Like, you want intimate experiences. I want yes, community. I want to hear the guitar, the, the strumming of the guitar. You can hear it live. No. It's not the same. studio is so much better. <laughs> I just... I'm just saying. I've got my songs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of them because I've been listening to them non-stop. So they're not new songs. They're old songs. But you know when like, you bring a song back? Yeah. Mm. And so because I've been feeling quite anxious, these are my like, I'm going to beat my anxiety. I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over the world. Yeah. So we have <clears throat> Foxy Brown, 730. Okay. Oh, oh, what the Yo, they say I'm 7.30, say I spaz out FB is ill, she a wild out Can y'all feel my pain? I can't let it slide How could I smell when I'm hurting so bad? And yo, how can we start this? My life is thorough, never heartless I laid it down from the Cape to the St. Louis Arches From the Windy City to the streets in Cali To the streets in Houston My dick is always boosting, some bitches always holler Remy Ma Oh, fuck, what's it called? Remy Ma, go on, go off. Or go in and go off. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 I'm me. I'm me. I'm me. I'm me. What y'all want me to do? Y'all want me to go off? 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 Y'all want me to go in? Go in? I got an ace and a nine and I'm still like hitting me. She don't write her rhymes, he fed her lines like Britney. I don't need a shooter, I'm the shooter, come get me. Lil' Kim, the jump off. And then Remy Ma, what's up though? It's Trying to, trying to go. Uh-huh. Lie, lie. What's up? Trying to, trying to go. What's up, bitch? 
I've got more, I'm going to stop there. That's a lot of songs. No, but Why you, are they your, like your songs of the week? Mm. Because, do you know, I just love the energy that those women come with, like in their track. It's just like, it comes back to what we were talking about, that like owning yourself and mm. all the host stuff. Like, it's just such a like, nah, just the, en- yeah, the energy, energy. They, the, the energy they bring, like they genuinely believe in at least their artistry, the persona that they're creating in that song is just like, I am the shit and I can do whatever I want. And Foxy's a bit like, you will bow down to me, bitches. But this, I just love the confidence mm. that carries. And in particular, like I'm not actually a big hip hop fan, um, but I always have space for those women. And like, um, in particular, like a female hip hop, because I just feel like the women of hip hop, like being in a space, a space that wasn't necessarily like made for them. They had to really like own themselves. And I just, yeah. I just find it empowering. So like when I'm listening to those music and I'm just like, also, also it's best for me to dance. So I'm there like in my room, like, yeah, I just love the energy. And I just feel like if ever someone is feeling a bit blue or a bit down or a bit lacking in confidence, honestly, chuck on a Remy Ma track or some Foxy, Foxy Brown 730 and you already like, if I listen to it too much, I'm like, maybe I should just give a thing up and be a rapper. That's how I... <laughs> no, I would be shit. <laughs> I used to think that. I was like, I could be... In another life, I could be a backup singer. And I would thoroughly enjoy up? it. Yeah. Like, I love harmonies and stuff. And like, okay. I will support you to the end, vocally. <laughs> but if you put me on the stage in the front, I, will, I can't sing to save my life. But, but harmony, you But can if do. I'm standing next to someone... Who I can do all of that <laughs> and have a great time. Now, at least she can sing. I mean, I, I, gen- no, I can't. Rap. Like, there is, a, there is no hope for me. It's not, it's not me putting myself down. This is like, no, it's a no starter. You know your skills and you know your weaknesses. Yeah. I'm just there. I like, I do a great miming along to the track and dance along. Nice. Cool. What about you, Jules? What's your my, song of the week? My song of the week is an oldie because, you know, I live in the past. Um, Sometimes that's the best though, do you know what I mean? Like, you know when you rediscover a song as well? And mm. this is, the funny enough, this is the rediscovery of a song that I used to rinse out when it first came out. And it's Terry Walker, Ching Ching, I'll Be Loving You Still. It's the one. I came across this song is because yesterday and which was Sunday um um I was watching <laughs> with my partner adulthood because oh, <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. it's on Netflix now isn't it yeah <laughs> and the funny thing is That's I still film. remember some of the do you, you know do what, yeah, you remember was, the lines uh, yes of do you course. remember yeah yeah I'm your gal yes, yes! <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know, no, Kid Hold is iconic. I was talking about it recently. Do you know day, what? Like, I, know, uh, I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Mm. It's on Netflix. Watch mm. it again. It's actually hilarious. Man when it, you remember the bit? Oof. Yeah. When it's like, Trevor, my little country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, my boyfriend's looking at me like, how do you know? I said, I know. No. Nah. Me and Steven, we used to watch it and mind the lines. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah. 
Terry Walker, there's a, I think that I don't know when they're playing this part. Yeah, it's when they're in the football store, when they're in the shoe store, mm-hmm. and he's trying to move to the older woman, Trevor. Mm-hmm. He's trying to move to the older, older woman, and the song's playing around. I was like, this used to be my tune. Um, so I've just been Damn. bumping it today. So I was just like, yeah, that has to be my song. I love a bit of Terry Walker. Terry Walker was like, she was like UK kind of like R&B, but she wasn't necessarily like deep R&B, but she would kind of like, yeah, R&B soul, she was mm-hmm. more. And we didn't have a lot. We had quite a few like UK female R&B soul artists. And they just kind of like after like a certain period of the years, they just kind of just all disappeared. Mm. And it's just not come back again. Mm. But yeah, Terry Walker. But guys, that's the end of the show. I want to thank our guest for coming. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been so much fun just talking about the whole. Yeah. I'm going to go and watch Kiddo here. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I feel like I need to be doing that. I just take myself back there. Watch watch that and I would. Um, But thank you for having me. It's um, been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure as well. Um, Where can they find you social media wise if you want to be found? I mean, you can. I don't know why anyone follows me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally go online to post about the play and chikus. Um On my Instagram, follow me on Instagram and post all my dance videos, but I'm not very that exciting. Um, but I'm, my name, Ify, I-F-E-Y, underscore Frederick. Um, but more importantly, go see the play. So go to Hampstead Theatre website, look for the hose, book your tickets. First week's already sold out. Second week is almost sold out as well. And it runs from 26th of October to 1st of December. Cool. Amazing. Oh, and the hashtag is hashtag HT the hose. I forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> and where can I find you, Dorcas? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter um, at Dorcas Lou Stevens. So D O R C A S L U Stevens. Oh, it's good you spelled it because when you said Lou, I thought it was L O U. No. No, you should really be spelling that. I know, I know. And Stevens could be spelled many ways. It's true. Yeah, loads of people say, like, is it Stevens with a P H? Yeah. No, 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 no. Stevens with a V. With Evie. I always have to say Stevens with Evie. Yeah. Whenever I stop doing that, it confuses them because when I spell my first name, they're like, okay, I've just got that. And I'm like, okay, Stevens. Oh, wait, how do you spell that again? It's like just how you would on a regular day. Yeah, because obviously our our surname is a double barrel name. (laughs) So it's kind of like Ayeni. When I go A Y, everyone's like, I Y? No. Because I I pronounce my name first, then I spell it, and it kind of throws people off Mm. because they immediately assume it starts with an I but it's yeah. an A yeah, we just like to confuse people yeah, you know. we, we love a confusion like, don't we like people to work for yeah it. we <laughs> work to figure it out but yeah you can find um, Artistic State of Mind on Facebook Facebook is that where we start off um, you can find us on Twitter Facebook Instagram on Twitter we are Artistic SOM Facebook we're Artistic State of Mind and Instagram we're Artistic SOM Pod so we're all up in there talking about what we do best, which is the arts. Um, it's been fun, guys. Yeah. Um, same time in a couple of weeks. We'll be back. Peace, y'all.